black women are the rock of the family and so often put others before themselves. We want to encourage black women to put me before we sometimes because black women's health matters. This is the Soft Life Chronicles presented by All of Us Milwaukee at the Center for Community Engagement and Health Partnerships. Here are your hosts, the effective communication coach, Denise Thomas, Gina Green-Harris, and Stephanie Houston. Good morning. I am Denise Thomas and welcome into Soft Life Chronicles, Milwaukee Research Programs at the Center for Community Engagement and Health Partnerships. And I am being joined this morning by some incredible human beings that are going to give us several nuggets on self-care and just having awareness of why it's so important. We have first Gina Green-Harris, Director of UW-Madison Center for Community Engagement and Health Partnerships in Milwaukee. Stephanie, well, first of all, hello, Gina. Hello. Good morning. How you doing? I'm great. Thank you for asking. You're looking great. All right now. You got to tell us how you look so fine. (laughs) All right. We also have Stephanie Houston, Senior Outreach Program Coordinator of Wisconsin's Alzheimer's Institute. Hello, Stephanie. Hello. How are you? Good morning, everyone. Great. Awesome, awesome, awesome. We're going to get into this because I know all of us in in the studio are are busy and our listeners are as well. So let's let's go ahead and jump into why we're here. Now, as I mentioned before, these segments will be part of the Soft Life Chronicles. And many of us may be thinking, what is soft life? Well, first, let me back up and give you all some background. Via the All of Us last quarter, we piloted a new show, which was called or which is called Men Making Health a Priority. And of course, black women especially, I love how we have just amplified our voice over the past two and a half years. We we thought here, look, we need to add a female counterpart to address health issues for women. And so what we've come up with is the Soft Life Chronicles and Soft Life Chronicles represents a new approach, in particular with the black and brown community, black and brown women are more conscious more than ever before about making decisions that leave us feeling stress free, where we are thriving. We're not surviving. We're thriving and we are vibrating higher. And so the reason why we're going to incorporate the soft life is because based on what you gain from today's segment, we hope that you will apply what you're gaining towards living that soft life. And this is indeed a partnership, a valued partnership with all of us Milwaukee's research programs at the Center for Community Engagement and Health Partnerships. Now, want to start with Gina? Yeah. Want to start with you. Can you give us um, some insight in terms of what the Center for Community Engagement and Health Partnerships is and some of the programs that are near and dear to your heart? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but before I do that, I just want to say I didn't know there was anyone that could be more high tank energy than I <laughs> normally am. And you have definitely superseded that. So thank you for that. You are I'm most excited, welcome, Gina. Excited, excited. Um, but yeah, absolutely. So the Center for Community Engagement uh, Health Partnerships is it is a product of the University of Wisconsin. However, it's really a product of the community. Um, and, and what I mean by that is when we 
you know, sat down when, when I was invited to start the center with the dean at the School of Medicine and Public Health, it was really developed with a goal of understanding health from a practical point from our black and brown communities, quite frankly. And the center was designed specifically to help researchers who have an interest in what they're framing as diversity, equity, and inclusion, and health equity lenses understand what that means from our perspective from community. And so what we do is we design programs with investigators off of our campus around what, not what the investigator necessarily wants to see, but what is it that the community really wants to see? And when you say investigator, what does that mean? Ah, principal investigator, academic institutions Ah. who have uh, those faculty members who are interested in doing research. The principal investigator, the PI uh, researcher, is who's responsible for the research, who's writing those NIH grants. And so they typically have these ideologies around content knowledge, right? So we know that the data show um, African-Americans, Latinos, all of us have these higher risks and prevalences of poor health outcomes, Mm -hmm. right? But the question is, why? And so that's what the researchers are trying to answer, but they're trying to do it without us in the the midst of that Mm. conversation. So what our role is and has been is to say, no, we are the voice. When you're in in your lab, when you're in clinics, great, you could be those experts. But when you're introducing yourselves into the community, that expertise now shifts into the community as the experts who have lived experience, right? And so what we have tried to do is talk about our lived chronic experiences, but using a asset-based mentality, meaning we're talking about the strengths of the community. We already know the gaps, right? Right. The community says to us, which Stephanie will talk about later, is we already know we're sick. <laughs> we don't need the revelation from you all to right. say that. What we need you to do is talk about how do we overcome these gaps. And guess what? We have solutions because, to your point earlier, Many of us are thriving. What the data merely mostly shows and the money usually follows is our deficits. No, 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 no. We want to shift that narrative to talk about what are our strengths and what's our resiliency and how do you want to fund that? Let's talk about Mm -hmm. funding our resiliency so then we can really change and close our health disparity gaps. My goodness, that is awesome. You've just given me a new, a renewed interest And not only, as you mentioned, the awareness, we already have the awareness. Um, One of the questions, and I'm going to ask this to Stephanie, and it's, as we all know, healthcare in general has always been compromised in terms of the quality that's been provided to black and brown people. Let me peel the onion back a little bit further, because traditionally and historically, black women have not put our self Healthcare at the forefront, especially when it comes to cardiovascular uh, prevention, um, cancer. So, Stephanie, one of the questions, and and I'm sure that many of the listeners uh, are also thinking, is number one, how has healthcare in the black and brown communities evolved, especially since the pandemic? And what do we need to do better in terms of equity like we know that we need to get mammograms we know that we need to take care of ourselves but how can we leverage the the all of us milwaukee research programs and the center for community engagement and health partnerships to really bridge those gaps 
it's a it's a gap that needs to be bridged for sure. And it's really being able to engage the community to, and as Gina was speaking to um, individuals, we are the experts when it comes to our bodies and noticing those changes. But many times um, we have, unfortunately, very fragile relationships with health care. Mm. And when you and say fragile relationships, can you expand on that, Stephanie? Because that, that's important. That's big. <laughs> that means that you may not see a, a provider for routine health care. Mm. So, and, um, and this happens a lot in, in the community. And, and it also depends on what's happening in our, in our lives, what's going on in our lives. And in particular, if you are a caregiver, you're caring for someone, especially for someone who may have Alzheimer's or dementia, sometimes you put your needs on the back burner. Yes. But I want to get back to oh those fragile relationships. And that's what we did see during the pandemic. When it was time um, for sometimes when people contracted uh, COVID, um, they many times um, they were, you know, you needed to reach out to your primary physician. Well, there were many individuals who were not connected with mm-hmm. primary care. Um, it is so important that we do see someone for our routine health care. And we just, you know, as a result of the pandemic, we saw how, unfortunately, and people were falling through the cracks um, because of the pandemic. Um, and, and we saw a lot of, unfortunately, sickness and death as a result. And so this is just something that really impacts all black and brown communities um, in regards to not having, and it's not, one of the things is that it's not just on the side of communities of colors, it's also on the institutions Mm. as well. Right. um, In regards to, you know, really seeing your provider as a partner Many times individuals in our community, we are intimidated by the healthcare professionals and something that I do on a regular basis with um, individuals who are caring for a loved one. I say, hey, you have to become that advocate. So we have to definitely, as you were saying, make our voices heard. But we need to know how to do that mm-hmm. in regards to advocating for our own health care. And that is really important. And we need to partner with our um medical institutions regarding our health care because we are we are the experts when it comes to our bodies and noticing those changes and 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 don't give up in regards to a, a provider saying oh you know it it may not be this no you have to really make your voice heard and advocate for your health care right. in today's yeah. de- today's Gina yeah. I want to ask you a quick question I know you've you've got a thought but let me ask you this Because Stephanie, she two words that really resonated with me and I'm sure resonate with many of women in the black and brown community, many women, the fear, Mm -hmm. the fear factor. How do we overcome that fear? Because when I was growing up, you know, there was this, this, this joke and it'd be like, you know, you go to the doctor's office with a headache and you come out and you find out you've got there's always been this 
associated fear, Mm -hmm. especially in the black and brown community with doctors, because quite frankly, we've heard and read and seen articles that say that many people that look like me, you and and other people of color don't receive fair health care. Right. Um, and the doctors are depriving us from the type of quality health care that are given to non-people of color. Stephanie, Gina, thank you both again so much. This is Denise Thomas. This is the Soft Life Chronicles. We'll be back. You're listening to the Soft Life Chronicles, presented by All of Us Milwaukee at the Center for Community Engagement and Health Partnerships on the new 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. All right. Good morning. I am Denise Thomas and welcome to the Soft Life Chronicles with the All of Us Milwaukee Research Programs at the Center for Community Engagement and Health Partnerships. I am being joined by some phenomenal leaders in our community, in particular, the healthcare community. We have first Gina Green Harris, director of UW Madison Center for Community Engagement and Health Partnerships in Milwaukee. Hello, Gina. Hello. How are you? Great, great, great. Awesome, awesome. We are also joined by Stephanie Houston, the Senior Outreach Program Coordinator for Wisconsin's Alzheimer's Institute. Hello, Stephanie. Hello. Thank you, ladies, so much for being here. Um, First, I want to start with a question that many black and brown women have when talking about being responsible and being proactive with our own Mm -hmm. self-care. And, you know, we, we talk about soft life and many people are thinking, what's soft life? Well, traditionally, black and brown women have been conditioned in situations to believe that we are supposed to help others and really have small or zero regard for our own health. Mm -hmm. And we are now taking this new found appreciation and awareness and actual practice of living a soft life where we're not being hard and we're not focusing on everybody else before we focus on ourselves and really make sure that we're thriving post the pandemic versus and during Mm -hmm. versus surviving. So Gina, I wanted to ask you, what what is the thing that is causing so much fear in the black and brown community as it relates to healthcare? And what is the Center for Community Engagement and Health Partnerships in Milwaukee doing in particular mm-hmm. to help address that fear? Absolutely. And you know, Denise, the fear is real. I, and, and when you ask me that question, it's really interesting. We had this conversation uh, and uh, Stephanie and I were talking and one of the, it, it's trifold. The first fear I think we have as black and brown women is that we, as, as, as vocal as we are and as intuitive as we are, intergenerationally, we don't talk about our bodies with each other. We sure don't. Our families, like my mom, you know, we watched, think about this, we watched our grandmoms go through menopause and and we heard the whispering in the room. Mm -hmm. We watched our moms and they never told us what was going to happen when we turned 30. They never explained that our body is going to have some physiological changes. No one ever told me that at 30 I needed to, the things that were happening, the body changes, the mental health changes that I was experiencing experiencing were normal. Mm -hmm. So I hid them. That's the fear. So when I go to the doctor and I'm experiencing things, I'm already not trusting a medical systems that 
I have been told has an out for me, mm. not only through the the research, not only through the, uh, uh, the, the science part of it, but through my family, right? Girl, I ain't going to my doctor because my doctor has right. A, right? So those are fear issues. And then when we get to the doctor, finally... And to have what we thought was our perceived fear confirmed by how they treat us, how they talk to us, how they reference us in those experiences, all of that culminates into mm-hmm. us saying, I ain't going back there. I'll just deal what I have to deal with. And that's why so often we we wait until we can't wait anymore. That's so true. For reaching out to physicians and, and going to doctors because of that experience. So it's trifold. It's it's our, our, our upbringing, our secrecy. Uh, our, if it's in my house, it's in my house. Don't nobody talk right. about it out of my house. And Gina, remember, like, when, so I'm Gen X. So I grew up yeah. in the 80s and the 90s. And I remember, you know, my grandma used to say, the only way we go into the doctor is if your eyeball is there literally falling out. It's- so in addition to the fear, it was like, you can only go to the doctor like you said, when it's it's got to be something it's beyond waiting. It's 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 now an experience that you cannot hold off on. Right. That's right. why we get the later diagnosis. That's why we go and we're at the end of a disease continuum mm-hmm. as opposed to going where we might get to the early stages and it can be either you know treated or even removed or either you know and it's it's really part of that. Now, the other part is the system, quite frankly, is not necessarily, it hasn't been always kind to us. Right. right? And, That's a reality. And, and people have, uh, quite frankly, marginalized us from what we know are our real experiences. And so to your point, yes, as black women, we're like tired. That whole ma- mantle and mantra of black women are so strong, they hold everything, they, you know, they don't get depressed. Oh, yeah, we do. Absolutely. They don't have nerves. Oh, we have nerves. And you get on them. <laughs> right. Know, Daily. I, you know, and so we, we've come to a place. I think COVID has been a double-edged sword. It has been great for us to start having this freedom of even mentioning it to the T word of therapy. Look, I need to go. I need to go talk to somebody because y'all. We, right. I can't handle this anymore in the way you think I need to handle you it. You know, God created therapist people. God. Everybody's like, you know, I'm That's just gonna right. pray on it. No, that, no, no, no. No. God pray. created yes. He created. Now I wanna yes. I wanna shift. Mm-hmm. Um and thank you so much for that insight, Gina. Yeah. This is this is so valuable. Stephanie, one of the things that I love about your role and what you're doing um as the outreach program coordinator is you talk about the significance, the importance of building relationships with your physician. And I know for me, that's always been a huge deficit. Um, And I'm just going to talk about it, Stephanie, and please correct me, help me coach me, because I know a lot of people experience this as well, where I've had situations where I go to the doctor and I tell the doctor how I feel and their response is, oh, you know, don't worry about it. You'll be okay. And I'm like, no, I I don't feel good. Mm-hmm. But it's that type of engagement mm-hmm. where I feel like I can't even foster a relationship with my physician. When I've asked questions before, I just felt I was being talked at versus talked with. So what are some of the resources that women, especially those that identify as black or brown women, can take advantage of with fostering and nurturing the relationship between the patient and their physician? We have a wonderful guide that we provide to community persons. It's a guide that talks about talking with your doctor, and it really um, focuses on 
even whether you're having that first interaction with the provider, some of those really key things to remember um, in regards to being honest, um, also making sure that you give the doctor, share with him about the symptoms um, that you have and also about your medications, um, about your own um, health habits. Um, how do you manage um, your health conditions, chronic conditions, and also voice very strongly your concerns. You know, sometimes um, you can be in a doctor's office and you may not remember everything that he says. And one of the things we have to remember is to stay on point. You know, what did we come to the doctor for? What we're hoping to accomplish, you know? And also when you have questions about any type of medical test or also recommendations from the physician. So it's really, really helpful. And I think it's helpful in order to, you know, foster a good relationship. And like, I can't say enough, you are partnering with your physician you know your body very well. You are still the expert when it comes to the um, changes and, and, and managing your own health care. So that is something that I definitely like for people to know. And like I said, we share this information um, with persons in the community. Right. Um, and no cost because this thing, this is really important. Did y'all hear that? Stephanie said no cost. No Free cost. No cost. 99. Free. Gina, really quick before we wrap up, the partnership, mm-hmm. that's that's the operative word that I, it's resonating with me. What are your thoughts? Or what do you want to add on to that concept of fostering and nurturing a partnership between the client and their physician? Absolutely has to happen. And I think what has happened, actually, as Stephanie is explaining, and what we've been able to do through our programs is really build that um transparent relationship between provider and client, provider and patient, provider and families um, to do this work. In order for us to reduce our health disparities gap, it has to be a team effort. And the triune for us has been the community, the providers, the university, and institutions. It's critical, and we've been able to do that in a, in a very important way. So, And, and research is part of that, right? And Absolutely. That's where all of us comes in. Knowledge is power. Gina Green-Harris, Director of UW-Madison Center for Community Engagement. Stephanie Houston, Senior Outreach Park Program Director for Wisconsin's Alzheimer's Institute. Please make sure that you continue to view and excuse me, listen to this segment because when we come back, next time we're going to focus more on the Alzheimer's opportunity within our healthcare focus. So, Stephanie, Gina, thank you both again so much. This is Denise Thomas. This is the Soft Life Chronicles. We'll be back. This is the Soft Life Chronicles presented by All of Us Milwaukee at the Center for Community Engagement and Health Partnerships on the new 1017 The Truth, The Truth app and 1017thetruth.com. I am Denise Thomas and welcome into the Soft Life Chronicles, Milwaukee Research Programs at the Center for Community Engagement and Health Partnerships. 
I am being joined by Gina Green Harris, director of UW Madison Center for Community Engagement and Health Partnerships in Milwaukee, as well as Stephanie Houston, senior outreach program coordinator for Wisconsin's Alzheimer's Institute. Hello, ladies. How are you? Good morning. Hello. Good morning. Hello, hello, hello. Now, for y'all that can't see, I can see both of these ladies. And let me just tell y'all, whatever they doing for their health care, they're winning. So y'all might want to tune in because they look good. So whatever water they drinking, whatever tidbits they going to give us today, we need to be all in. Uh, so here's one of the, and I'll use the word opportunities, mm-hmm. that are very prevalent in both the black and brown community. And as a black woman... Uh, who has aging parents, this has also been at the forefront of of my mind, and that is Alzheimer's. Mm. And I know for many of us that are listening, we've either known someone who's been impacted by Alzheimer's or is going through Mm -hmm. currently uh, with with the Alzheimer's disease. So Nia Norris, who is the Associate Director of the Wisconsin Alzheimer's Institute, She was not able to join us today, but we do have, again, Stephanie Houston, the Senior Outreach Program Coordinator for the Wisconsin's Alzheimer's Institute. Stephanie, could you just share with us in terms of what is some of the work that you're leading and championing as it relates to Alzheimer's? Well, one of the things is that I want to say that without the wonderful leadership that we've had with Gina Green Harris and the founder of the Wisconsin Alzheimer's Institute um, retired, he's now retired geriatrician, Dr. Mark Sager, um, we would not be here in the community. And um, definitely with the leadership under Gina, being able to really speak to the community Um, Because Alzheimer's disease and related dementia is not a normal part of aging. We had to take the message to the community about the disease and and how it was impacting the community. Um, Many times there were myths about what was happening. There was misinformation. So our office really set out to raise awareness, to bring credible information to the community around Alzheimer's disease and related dementias. And so um, we really took a bit of a grassroots approach where we engaged the community. We had conversations with the community um, focus groups to talk about what did the community know. We didn't come in through the doors and just say, you know, this is what you need to know. We wanted to hear from the community what were their interests and at the same time be able to provide not only credible information, but then also utilize those resources that we were receiving from the university to make sure that we were able to link community persons who needed an evaluation. But one of the things was that we needed a care model in order to reach individuals in the community. And what had been very successful in other um, black and brown communities was to be able to go into the homes. And so my role has been going into the homes, doing an in-home assessment. Wow. More of a developing a care management, care consultation with families, um, not to go in to diagnose, but to detect if there is some loss of cognitive functioning, and then also to assess caregivers as well, but to make sure that these families, before they even 
approach an an organization or healthcare um you know institution right. to make sure that they are in the best position our goal was to make sure that our community really did not feel as if they were alone on this journey, mm-hmm. but that we would be right there with them and that we could utilize and leverage our partnerships with our own dementia diagnostic clinics that are a part of the Wisconsin Alzheimer's Institute and our other partnerships with the aging community. So we leverage our partnerships to not just say, oh, you call this number, right. but to be able to you know, link these families to information and healthcare support. And that's that's exactly what we need, Stephanie. Thank you so much for sharing that because one of the the things that I love about what you just shared was the grassroots approach. You know, equity, we talk about equity all the time and equity is meeting people where they are. Not saying we built it, they will come. That is not relevant in our community. So I, I really appreciate, I know the listeners do as well, knowing that you can come to us. And I love what you said about assessing the existing care provider to make sure that that actually is a fit. Awesome, 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 Stephanie. Thank you so much in terms of enlightening us with how the work is being done with the clients. Gina, anything to add to that? I think, you know, Stephanie is the most awesome, quite frankly, um, person to do this role for us. What I will add is how she has actually made this work. Uh, You know, we can have ideas and concepts, but she's been the glue to the care portion of it so much that the providers look to her for guidance of how to actually address and work with these families. That's incredible. That is incredible. That's relationship. That's That's partnership. Yes. And it's that triune that had to happen. Yes. That credibility, that trust. And so she has the trust of providers. She has the trust of community, which has really been uh, really important for us to know that we're reaching families. And so when we started in 2008, no one wanted to talk about Alzheimer's, dementia, now in 2021, our phones are ringing off the hook. 2022. It's okay. Uh, it's, it's hey, the days and the years me. are fluid. You're good. So we, <laughs> we know that folks are calling us now. Right. They're open about this. And so I think I just want to highlight that this model was designed, to your point, for the people. And our model believe it or not, is meet the people where they are. Exactly. And I love how it's not one size fits all. So we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk more about, because I I know as a black woman, I'm always going, I'm always, I want somebody to take care of me. Yes. And what you and Stephanie have already shared are ways that that is being demonstrated. So when we come back from break, we're going to talk more about the community outreach And also some key lessons that both of you have learned as a result of the work that you do. You are listening to the Soft Life Chronicles with the All of Us Milwaukee Research Programs at the Center for Community Engagement and Health Partnerships. We'll be back. More of the Soft Life Chronicles presented by All of Us Milwaukee at the Center for Community Engagement and Health Partnerships is next on the new 1017 The Truth, The Truth app and 1017thetruth.com. We are back. You are listening to the Soft Life Chronicles with the All of Us Milwaukee Research Programs at the Center for Community Engagement and Health Partnerships. That's a mouthful. So basically, to sum it up, we've got the top 
two of the top healthcare leaders in the state of Wisconsin, in the city of Milwaukee, to teach us how we can put ourselves first in terms of our health care. We only have one life, y'all. And we don't know when that expiration date is. So in the meantime, let's continue to have a conversation with both Stephanie Houston, who is the Senior Outreach Program Coordinator at the Wisconsin Alzheimer's Institute uh, of the University of Wisconsin, as well as Gina, Gina Green-Harris, who is the director of the UW-Madison Center for Community Engagement and Health Partnerships in Milwaukee. Again, ladies, thank you all so much for making the time out of your busy schedules to educate us and hopefully uh, increase our not only awareness, but ability to put our health care and just overall self-care first. One of the things that we were talking about earlier or in our previous um, segment was Alzheimer's. Mm-hmm. And there is so much work and research and efforts that be, is being done to hopefully not only prevent, but just get rid of Alzheimer's. What are some of the things that you are really, really learning about as it specifically relates to the black and brown community? Gina, I'll start with you. Yeah, so through the research, we're actually learning a lot about Alzheimer's and how it impacts um, our black and brown communities. And I'll be very brief. And but one of the lar- one I think one of the most critical things we've learned recently is that Alzheimer's, you know, genetically, we're not, you know, we 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 have a higher um, amount of Alzheimer's. Uh, that is uh, diagnosed in African-American and Latino communities. But what we know is that the research is leading us to show that genetically we're not necessarily more disposed, predisposed to Mm. getting dementia, which says to us what's going on. And so those questions haven't been answered, but those are trails that we're following now to understand better what do we need to know about this disease when, you know, um, are we two times more likely to get it? That's what the data says. But now the question is why? Uh, Why? And and genetically, you know, everyone's into the biomarker testing and Mm -hmm. studies. So I encourage people of color, African Americans and Latinos to think about the urgency and importance of being involved in biomarker studies. That's what's going to tell us what's really going on with us genetically. And maybe it's something that we're doing right. We're talking about lifestyle intervention. We know that is critical now. Really wanting us to get the understanding that we have to be part of the research uh, Absolutely, tough, but we have to do it. And folks like I will say this: the Wisconsin Alzheimer's Institute, uh, the Center for Community Engagement, we're led by people from the community. Wonderful uh, to hear, and that is where we have the best interests of our community. We're asking you to trust us to participate in research studies. So we are doing the research. We are doing the research. Did y'all hear that? People that look like you and me, black or brown, are doing the research. I love that. Stephanie, one of the things that I want to ask you, building off of what Gina just shared, is how do we do a better job of staying up on everything that's going on great at the Wisconsin Alzheimer's Institute? Because I think... Based on what Gina shared, we also have to be more deliberate and intentional about that partnership. So what are some of the things that we can do to stay up on what's going on at the Wisconsin Alzheimer's Institute? Well, definitely. You know, there's a number of ways that they can reach us. Um, They can call us. (laughs) But we always have events going on. We try to 
keep our ears and we try to stay engaged through partnerships, whether it's uh, uh, something that we're we're presenting to the community. Each year, we have a wonderful, wonderful community, um, an opportunity where we engage the community around Alzheimer's disease. And that's our annual Breaking the Silence um, during Minority Health Month, which is in April. Mm. And so one of the incredible things that has happened as a result is that other agencies and organizations are recognizing April as Minority Health Month. But um, I must say, Gina Green Harris here in Milwaukee led the way yes. when it came to uh, Minority Health Month here in Milwaukee. And we spend the day talking about Alzheimer's disease and research. And, and we have our own Facebook page, but we always have our events and we are always trying to make sure that we are in the right spaces and position in order to really hear what the community is saying or needing. But then we also are out in the community with our own lifestyle intervention type of programs to really reach individuals. We partner with the federally qualified healthcare centers in order to establish a dementia diagnostic clinic. So that always keeps us in the right area in regards to really being able to reach what many people consider the underserved in our community. But we continue to really make sure that we are not doing outreach in our community at every opportunity. So we partner with our faith-based community. We do presentations. And we're so thankful to be a part of this platform today to really share with people, to let them know that we are a resource here in the community. And our goal is to make sure that families do not feel alone, that the person who is living with a dementia has quality of life, that they have the supports. We look at it as that we become a part of the village and we want to make sure that people are being well taken care of. We want to make sure that caregivers have the appropriate skills to take care of their loved ones. Absolutely. And we want to make sure that the providers and we're going to hold them accountable for taking care of our people in the community. Absolutely. And what I love about everything that both you and Gina have shared is that and this most this is going to really resonate. Ladies, ladies that are listening, you do not need to feel alone. You do not need to feel alone. Your health care is just as important as any other species. You know, in March of 1962, Malcolm X spoke to a group of black women in Los Angeles, California, and he made the very famous quote about black women being the most disrespected, disregarded, unprotected species on Earth. Well, that is no longer the case. It is a partnership. It is a relationship. And again, I want to thank on behalf of all of our listeners and here as part of the All of Us Milwaukee Research Program. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Gina. Thank you so much, Stephanie, for your leadership, your servant leadership and your willingness and ability to pour into your community and to know that the research that is being done is by people who look like us. And the fact that whether we can come to y'all or you come to us, that's options. Thank you so much. Really quick, 10 seconds or less, final thoughts. 10 seconds or less. Uh, thank you for this opportunity. I will say this. Check out the Amazing Grace course, course first in the state, designed specifically for people with Alzheimer's and dementia. We do it no cost to the community. Wonderful. See, look at that. Thank you so much, Gina. Stephanie, 10 seconds or less, final thoughts. 
reach out. We are here for you to make sure that you are receiving the best care and to support you and your families on your journey. Thank you for having us, Denise. Absolutely. Queens, you heard it. You deserve the best care. Continue to build relationships. And you've heard from some amazing leaders. There are so many resources. And again, we are partnering with the All of Us Milwaukee Research Programs at the Center for Community Engagement and Health Partnerships. This is Denise Thomas. This is Soft Life Chronicles. Take care of you first that you can take care of everybody else. We love you. Thank you so much.